if someone tried to kill you, how would you respond to the people who said they, they should have gotten away with it? What if you were a baby and you survived an abortion? How would you feel about people screaming in your face that you should have been aborted? We're going to talk with the woman who knows about that because she survived an abortion, but she's much more than that. Her story is extraordinary. She knows the meaning of grace and she knows the meaning of bravery. She's giving a speech overseas about life and about God's grace and love of life. People were screaming in her face. I want her to tell the whole story, but it has to do with singing. And given the physical harm done to her as an infant, she shouldn't be able to sing. But there is God's grace. Jesson joins us in the Todd Herman Show. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. It is times such as these that create a time of choosing. And it's always that way. It can be an active choice. You actively decide to get on the side of God or a passive choice. You don't. I guess you could be active in defying God. People are doing that. I appreciate bone frog coffee. And I appreciate it so much. I'm having my afternoon drink. I'm having the bone frog roast today. It's bonefrog.us. Please make sure you use the .us. When Roe versus Wade was struck down by the Supreme Court, tossing uh, abortion back over to the states, which is its constitutional home, I started to think about a woman named Gianna Jessen, who my wife has gotten to know a little bit. And in fact, uh, it's courtesy of my wife that we've been able to reach out to Gianna. She survived an abortion and the story starts there. Uh, But her story is much more. And she has so much to share with us. Gianna, uh, so glad you could join us on the Todd Herman Show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. How are you today? I'm really excited to speak with you is how I am. I, uh, I, my wife has followed your work. I've followed your work. My wife was bummed that she couldn't be here to sit in and, um, and visit during the interview. Um, I feel hopeful chatting with you. That's, that's how I am. How are you? I'm a mixed bag today, honestly. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just a bunch of things. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, that's life, right? Yeah. Is there anything we can pray for you about before we just start talking? I mean, you say a bunch of things. I ask people how they are. I actually want to know the answer. That's really refreshing. Um, now, I've, I've just been thinking about 
I've just spent days crying, honestly, about the the cost of following Jesus. And I I feel that I'm in a place that I've never been. And the the price is I feel like Hannah. You know when Hannah cried so hard she was accused of being drunk by the priest and she just kept praying and she kept praying and she kept praying. Yeah. And and she kept obeying. And I find weary I find obedience infuriating today and wearying today and yet at the same time uh I am held by Christ. Like like it doesn't matter how much it costs because I I love him more. But I if you want an honest yeah, answer Of course I do. That's an honest answer. And it doesn't I know it doesn't have to do with my story and all mm. of that, but actually it's it's my life. My life is my life is not my own. And sometimes that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes that is what is required and what is required matters more to me than my life. And, and yet I'm still a human, a human being. You are. And more people need to be honest this way. Um, I think of the apostle Paul in chains and saying, I know what it is yeah. to have plenty and I know what it is to have nothing and uh, to find strength in Christ. And so very difficult. Um, and, and, and those moments of doubt, uh, I read about, you know, Matthew had doubt and, and Luke and everybody has doubts, John, and everyone has struggles. And where you're at in your life is the culmination of a journey that, that really the enemy tried to stop from the very beginning. Uh, I admire you for being honest. And he's still trying. Yeah. It, it, it's the strangest thing. It's something that, I don't understand. I mean, I'm just Jonna. I'm in the Italian Jonna. I'm just Jonna, and 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 yet he has been he is he has been relentless to the to the very moment. And and again, I don't mean to be you know whining today, but I I just think oh you know I I what is it what is it why. Uh, why and and I really think this is the goal of of Satan and and he will not win. But I think you know I I survived an abortion, which I haven't given you the details of yet. That I will in a second. But I survived, meaning I didn't have one. I was born in an abortion clinic alive uh, because of the power of Christ. And and yet. It seems that he's so infuriated that I lived and that I proclaimed Christ and that I have saved myself for marriage and I have turned 45 years old. So when, <laughs> sorry, when 
sorry. It's okay. Be you. When I say cost, you may have a better understanding of what I mean that I spend my life trying to rescue everyone else's children, all the while waiting for my own, trying to honor God, watching friends throw themselves away, not caring. And I think the goal of Satan is I hate you so much for living, for holding on to that, for everything you represent that his chief goal is not to kill me physically, but to, to make sure I don't receive any love, any, anything that any woman ever wants. Mm. And I believe that Christ is all. Oh, when I think of Jesus and me, I think of the movie Braveheart, and I think of him just in his faith. And going, you think that she will surrender. You think she'll she'll surrender if she just has to wait so long. She wants to die. And and you think that she's going to surrender. But she is in my hand. You couldn't have her then and you can't have her now. And you will never get her. And I I cry. And I cry because these things are, are the honest truth of my life. And... Uh, so just to go back to the beginning, to give people context, if you want. Yeah, well, let me respond uh, to that, Gianna, real quick, please. Um, would everybody listening to this, just if you can, pause and, and pray the, the, the further strength of the Holy Spirit to our sister. Would you do that, please? Would you just, for just uh, a moment with us, just pause wherever you're at, unless you're driving. And just pray that the Lord Jesus would would just meet Gianna where she's at, and and Father God would dispatch to her a triple blessing of the Holy Spirit, and that even as we yes, record Lord. this in advance, that she will feel uh, the love that we have for her as a sister. Uh, and Lord, if it is Your will that that Gianna have um, this relationship, this um, relationship with a loving Christian man that you would make that happen. And if that and is, to be a mother. Yes. And if that is not your will, Lord, that you would give Gianna the strength, a further strength to survive this and, and to find in, in you solace, further solace. Um, and let our sister know that we love her and that uh, when she does arrive in your kingdom, Lord, all the faces that greet her, <laughs> all the lives she's saved, all the people who got to live because of her work uh, will join her in true, true togetherness. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus for our sister Gianna. And let's, let's, amen. amen. Thank amen. you. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, and I think Satan hates your guts. <laughs> I think he's afraid of you. I think he fears you. I think Satan fears you. Um, tell us about surviving an abortion and how this tale began, and we'll work back to where you're at. We'll make sure we work back to where you're at today. So how did this all begin? So I, uh, I'm i adopted, and my biological parents were kids that were 17. 
and she, my biological mother, went to um, Planned Parenthood in Southern California, and they said, you're too young to have a baby. You need to go have a late-term saline abortion. And uh, left just love to mock me and say, that's so, you're so irrelevant. You're just so irrelevant um, because they don't do those anymore. When, in fact, they do do them, just not as many. So uh, a saline abortion is a saline salt solution that is injected into the mother's womb. The baby then gulps that solution. It burns and blinds the baby inside and out. And then she's to deliver a dead baby within 24 hours. Oh, Lord if God. you want to know what this is, what I should look like, I, I should, I should, my skin should be charred. You can, you can Google image it and you can see exactly what I should look like. Uh, I was that baby that this happened to, but after 18 hours of being burned alive in my mother's womb, I was born alive in that abortion clinic. And so it's, this is, a, this is my favorite thing ever. This is so, <laughs> this is so badass. Of me. <laughs> it's so awesome. Cause my medical records say my name. And then they say born during saline abortion. In April the 6th, 1977, 6 a.m., 29 and a half weeks, two and a half pounds. This is my favorite part. This is awesome. No resuscitation required upon arrival at the hospital. <laughs> Praise God. Wow. How? How? How is that possible? Apart from the fact that we serve the Most High God, and He was, there was one, I always say this. There was one like the son of man in the midst of, of the fire with me, and the fire did not harm me wow. like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I, I can just see the Lord in his face, just not her, not her. And so so I, I'm told that, a nurse, that this is an amazing timing on the part of the Lord because I was born at the perfect time, 6 a.m., and the abortionist wasn't at work yet. Had he been there, he would have ended my life with strangulation, suffocation, or leaving me there to die, throwing me in a trash can, which is what we do to our children who dare to survive abortions. But a nurse called an ambulance and had me taken out of there, saving my life. And I was placed in an incubator weighing two pounds, and they said, there's no way this baby girl's going to live. And then after several months of not dying, they concluded that this baby girl has a tremendous will to live and she doesn't want to die. And that is exactly right because it is he who works in me both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. It was the Lord who, who was sustaining me and the Lord who sustains me still. Now, one thing before we continue, I do want to just interject. I know that there are women listening to this, driving down the road, um, cleaning their houses, doing whatever you're doing, and you've had an abortion, or you've had three abortions, or you've had however many abortions, or there are men who have encouraged them, men who have paid for them, whatever your story is, hear my voice. 
I am not here to condemn you. I have forgiven my biological mother, which I can tell you about in a little bit. I have told her so to her face. Uh, but I am not here to condemn you. I'm here to tell you that the only way you can be free from that sin of abortion is if you repent of it and you ask for forgiveness and you lay it before the cross of Christ and beneath his blood. And if you do that, he will remember your sin no more. It will be done and you will be free. And then I would suggest that you go and you find a post-abortion syndrome uh, counseling, uh, that you can find them at a crisis pregnancy center, you can go to a counselor, but to work through the grief and the loss, and even what for the men, because the men are set aside in this, which is wrong. We're emasculating our men in this nation and around the world, and I think we're trying to do the same thing to Jesus, and it makes me angry, because it is there is death in that. Men, you are made for greatness. You are not made to use women and leave us. You are made to stay. You are made to be solid. You are made to be good, and you are made to be righteous. And that is what I want to say. So any condemnation you're hearing in as you listen to this is not from Christ. It is from the enemy of your soul. And you tell him to go pound sand and to go right back where he came from. <laughs> I love it. Let's let's talk about uh, in a second. Um, let's let's continue to unfold the story. Um, let's talk a bit about uh, growing up um, with what you've been through. I, I do want to get into the current world and, and what you observe, Gianna. Um, and we'll do that in just a second. Jenna Jessen is with us. Um, man. To say I feel the spirit is the biggest understatement I could ever I could ever make. Thank you, Jenna. Oh, that helps me so much today because I feel so crappy. <laughs> so thanks. <Yeah. laughs> well, hold on a second. We'll continue this. Um, folks, we don't get to do conversations like this without our partners like Bulwark Capital Management, Zach Abraham and the team there. Um, Zach's on our program every Friday at, uh, well, it's every Friday. It's podcast. See, I'm an old radio guy. I still think in terms of linear time. Uh, it is Bulwark Capital Management's focus uh, to be all over risk management. So what this really means is look, they work with anybody. You have to have money, some money. Uh, but if you are five to 10 years out from retirement, you are in the risk zone, like an airplane is at the risk zone, 15 minutes before landing, five minutes after takeoff. Right before retirement is where the hole in the bucket can be catastrophic, no matter how much wealth you've built. This is a risky time. You need risk management. Zach views this as stewardship. He and his entire team, his wife is the chief operating officer. In fact, Zach's personal um, financial well-being, about 90% of his uh, personal net worth is tied up in, in bulwark. That is the very essence of, of putting himself in the game. His risk is your risk. So get in touch with Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. He's at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. He also has a great radio show and podcast at knowyourriskradio.com. You can also contact him there, by the way, if that's easier for you, knowyourriskradio.com or 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative, Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Jenna Jessen is with us. And Jenna, growing up, um, 
have to imagine that growing up for you um, presented a, a whole different series of challenges, having survived the abortion. But I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask before we get to that, when did you discover and accept the Lord Jesus? I was three years old. Wow. Um, and I, uh, my adoptive mother told me about Jesus, but my, my, so just to back up for a second to give, make, help this make sense. I was, I got out of the hospital, was placed in emergency foster care with a bunch of morons who decided they didn't like me and would shut me in a room for a long period of time. So I had to be taken out of there and placed in another foster home of a beautiful woman by the name of Penny. So I was 17 months by this time. So you can imagine what I'd lived from birth to 17 months. And if the three first three years of your life are the most formative, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of trauma there. Um, but anyway, anyway uh, from 17 months then, I was with Penny to, to three and a half. And in that time, I was diagnosed with what I consider to be a great gift, which is cerebral palsy, which was caused directly by a lack of oxygen to my brain while I was surviving an abortion. So I wouldn't be disabled had I not survived an abortion. So you can imagine how I feel when I hear the argument, if the baby is disabled, we need to terminate the pregnancy. Oh. Uh Hello, that sounds exactly like Adolf Hitler. Right. Who are you, healthy person, to determine for me what the quality of my life is when you have no idea how the power of Christ is so present with you when you need him every single second of your freaking life to walk across the room? You have an amazing quality of life when you actually need Christ. So I don't need lectures on what, the, what a great quality of life is from people who have no clue. Um, so anyway, rant over. Uh, <laughs> I was then adopted at three and a half by my foster mother's daughter, which made my foster mother Penny, my grandmother, who was my absolute queen. And she died in November of 2014 at 93. She 56 foster children, single woman. Wow. Uh, most were disabled or drug addicted from the womb and she took them through withdrawal and I was one of those children. Had it not been for Penny, I would be laying in a bed. I mean, every doctor said I would told her I would never move. I would never get out of bed. I would never be anything. And they had no idea that I would run two marathons or do anything. So uh, she was the example of Christ to me, but it was because uh, my adoptive mother told me of what he did that and I heard about it I thought yep that's it that's that's how I I that's who I need I need Jesus I'm in real trouble <laughs> the, the people that um the Lord has brought to you uh and this capacity for forgiveness you gained at such a young age um I don't think people focus on that enough with you I want to get into the world you live in, but before we do that, and let's, in fact, let's transition this way. Let's get into the world you live in. Um, where were you when you heard that Roe versus Wade had been struck down? Let's, let's start with the world we live in now. Where were you 
um, a, a woman who survived an abortion and lives with cerebral palsy, which you consider a gift. Where were you when you learned that that, that abomination had been struck down? I was sitting in the chair I'm sitting in now, and I was just, I really was stunned because I, I'm, I'm not used to seeing holiness prevail in our, in our wicked age. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was really amazed (laughs) and I was, I I think maybe almost stunned for a few hours. Uh, and then, and then, but then. This was driving to some friend's house to meet their new chickens because my friend is, is obsessed with her chicken coop. And I, and I wanted to meet their baby chickens. And I wanted to celebrate with some Christians on this momentous occasion. And as I was driving there, something had occurred to me that has never left me since. And it was, huh. I, my life has been full of trouble and triumph, but I wonder, I was born under this wicked thing that has been struck down. Mm. And I, I believe now, I wonder now if my recompense will come because, because it's been struck down and there was something spiritual connected to my life and that wicked thing and that wicked thing is now done. And it was just this sense of I'm now waiting for for the recompense for all the things that the years that the locusts have eaten. I am I am waiting for my God. And that and I, I just had this wonderful like I was just elated with this idea of wow, you know, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And and that's how I felt and uh they say, no. I biblically I've read that when you um, give up what you have for the Lord, for the sake of Christ, that it will be returned to you seven times. And um, I too will await that for you. And we don't know how that's going to manifest, but we know that God is good. Uh, and we know that this is a remarkable thing. When God says he's done something, it's done. I mean, because he exists before time yeah. and after time, and he doesn't have a checklist of things. He doesn't have to sit down and go, okay, what's next? Um, one of my favorite, no. favorite translations. He's supernatural. Right. One of my favorite translations I've heard of uh, Let There Be Light is God said, light be. And it was. Huh. And he said, Gianna, live. Her. And, and he did. And in the world you live in today, I read about people lacking a biblical view, biblical worldview, even pastors, Gianna. I think it's 34% of of U.S. pastors have a biblical worldview. Um, That's quite disturbing. Wait, so only 34%? Of pastors. Only 34% have a biblical worldview? Roughly. Uh, No wonder why we're in the crap hole (laughs) we're in. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, you began by so openly sharing the pain you feel today. You're so genuine. And I find that beautiful. I, I, I find genuine vulnerability just utterly beautiful. I have no time for small talk with people. I, I, when, small talk is like if you were to take a, a piece of chalkboard 
in double-sided chalkboard and, and rub it through your teeth while chewing tin foil. That's how small talk feels to me. And you know what I say it is? Uh, it's like the flower filler in the, in the, you know, when you get a, a bouquet of flowers for your wife and they don't <laughs> want to give you any more pretty ones yeah. and they fill it with all that crap. Yeah. Fill up the, yeah. That's, that is small talk. Yeah. To me. So I so appreciated you being vulnerable and sharing the pain that you have, uh, that you're feeling today. And I would ask you, what do you wish the world knew um, about the capacity to be in pain and have faith? How's that work? Yeah, it's a, it seems like a paradox, doesn't it? I mean, you know, how can you have faith when tragic things happen? How can you, how can you suffer and have tremendous joy? And to me, there's a very significant difference between joy and happiness. Um, but I haven't heard anyone else really talk about it. To me, joy is the ability to endure uh, with with light and, and with, with joy. But, you know, happiness is... Christmas morning and you got the thing like the thing you were just hoping you you would get and there, there's a significant difference to me one is deeper and one is is just pure bliss and both are important and my life has been uh, joy lots and lots and lots of joy and I'm just waiting for some happy <laughs> happy things and they 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 come, they come every every now and then, but um, but I would just say that also I'm not a victim, and I think that we do fall into victim thinking way too easily. So we feel as if we feel so many things today. I mean, on one hand, you've got people who've suffered forever and never complain, and then you have people who've suffered for five minutes and all they do is whine. So it's <laughs> but I think I think in order to be in order to be fully alive, you cannot have a life that doesn't have these things coexisting. You, you know, it isn't just one or the other. It's a bunch of stuff all, all at once. That's what being alive is. It's beautifully I don't said. know if that answers your question. No, it does. It's beautifully said. Um, there are emotions that can be short bursts of emotion. Um, and then those that last that I think joy is joy is a thing that can last, uh, happiness you've described as bursts. And I, I think that yeah. there is, if, if we want to get super metaphysical, super spiritual, I'll tell you that uh, on my program, I refer to the party. I don't think this is a Republican versus Democrat world. I don't think our enemies are, are flesh and blood. I think it's spirits and principalities. So I look at academia, yeah. tech, finance, uh, media, yeah. deep state, um, so-called public health. Yeah. They all want the same thing, which is an end to our personal freedom. But it's fascinating if you analyze them. And this occurred to me the other day that the World Economic Forum had said, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Well, as Christian people, we recognize that we don't own anything. But who does? God. Right. We steward things. But the World Economic Forum yeah. is saying, we will own everything, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. Huh. 
and their view of the human body. Here, here you are with a view of the human body that I don't know how many people share your experience, but it can't be very many. They attack the human form uh, through forced injections, through transing kids. Um, there is not a thing they do that doesn't suck joy um, out of people, that doesn't steal like the, the respect for the human body. The body is the temple. That, in fact, it, they, they work to deny the very existence of male and female. And yet there are, even with a small number of pastors, small percentage of pastors who have this biblical worldview, we know God wins. And so I want to ask you the world you live in. Um, do you find the, the chemical and surgical, I call it mutilation of children under this false religion of gender ideology, do you find that comparable at all to abortion? I hadn't thought about it before, but I mean, it's in line with it. I mean, it's just destruction. It's destruction of the the person. It's it's mutilating someone. It's 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 demonic. All of this is 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 not of God. It's but really, what I think is even more abhorrent is is adults taking their own political ideology and forcing it on a child. Uh, you know, the brainwashing that's involved, which, I mean, there are normal childhood development, psychological things that children go through to grow. That, it, you know, the six-year-old is not cognizant of all of this mess, but the, but the parents are. And the parents subscribe to the ideology, then in turn, they decide we're going to indoctrinate our child with this, with this, you know, this is who you are when really they could have just said, Hey, it's a little, it's a little phase uh, that Johnny's going through and we're just gonna, we're gonna uh, guide him and, and he'll be fine and he will be fine. Yeah. If that makes sense. But yeah, it's really all about selfish uh, parents who want to use their children to further their own political beliefs. In my opinion, you, uh, have displayed um, Christ-led bravery in ways that that some people, I think, need to learn from. Well, I think I needed to learn from. So I think other people will will learn from it. You did it today. You did it today when you began the program. We're not supposed to start media interviews by actually saying how we are, and I'm, I feel so blessed that you shared that with us. Um, I want to... Can I just interject something about yeah. that? Because you you've brought it up a few times. One reason I do, uh, and I and I appreciate that you allowed me to. But one reason I I allow myself to be seen crying is because I think number one, uh, femininity and the the vulnerability of women is under attack, and the best way to combat that is to be one. Wow. And then the. And the other thing is, I mean, it's not complicated. It's just be a woman. And, and I am emotional and that makes me beautiful. Me, me trying to not be what I am. Everybody can see through that anyway. Even if you subscribe to all of this nonsense, people know what is honest and what isn't. And I don't have time for BS. I've got cerebral palsy. 
you only have enough energy that you only have so much energy. So I'm just saying that one of the reasons that I do um, uh, choose to allow people to see me as I am is because I think the world isn't used to that anymore. They're not used to seeing tenderness in women. They're not used to seeing, they're used to seeing women who just got it all together all the time. For that matter, everybody, we just got it all together all the time. We're fine. Okay. We're fine. Just get through the interview and then cry when you're done, you know? And what if someone is watching who hasn't cried in 20 years and just needs to hear that you can just freak out for a minute and maybe you'll feel a whole lot better. Like I said, there's so much that people need to hear from you. Um, and I want to have you describe something you shared with me earlier about facing a crowd of angry women who were upset that you exist um, and how you silence them. Uh, a couple of prayers and then something else because we need to start doing this. Uh, and I am so excited for Gianna to hear about this partner. You're listening to the voice of someone who who lives today by the grace of God. I mean, we all do, but in a very special sense. I've been telling you about Alan's Artisan Soaps, um, alansoaps.com. So we work with partners that, that are established, like Bulwark. We just talked about Bulwark. Established. Alan's is a new company, Alan's Artisan Soaps, A-L-A-N-S, soaps.com. The young man who is the namesake, he's not a mascot. He's the chief soap officer. He according to the party, should not be alive. He should have been aborted. And there are people who would say to this day that he should be uh, because he's so profoundly impacted by autism and some other structural health challenges. He wakes up in the morning and he goes to school and he loves Minecraft. And I bet he sneaks Minecraft into school because he's teen, he's 12 now. But he goes home and he works at his soap company and he's invented a new scent of soap, lilac applewood. There's also pure, which is scent free. Um, he has in his life helped invent soap scents like cedarwood jasmine, watermelon basil, vanilla lime, lavender rosemary. Cedarwood jasmine is my enduring favorite. My second place is vanilla lime. And his dad helps him. His dad runs the company. His dad's an established business person. But I want you to know this. Alan's sensitive skin means that this soap will work for any skin. They recruited three generations of soap making expertise to make this product in America in small batches. Alan himself inspects all these. He's involved on a daily basis working at his soap company. And he may not be able to speak. He can't. Alan can't speak. He can make words, but he can't make sentences but he has an olfactory sense that is far better than yours and skin sensitivity beyond belief and joy. He has joy and he loves when people try his soap. True story. So you get 10% off of everything they sell, including the soaps and this uh, sizzle pouches and soap racks. You go to alansoaps.com, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd, alansoaps.com slash Todd. You get 10% off of that. Um, these guys also support people with special needs. And in fact, this is a model company. We'll be taking these results to other companies saying, hey, are you sure you need to you know, work with robots, not humans? We'll be taking this out and saying, are you sure folks can't contribute? I wanted you to hear that. Such a great company. <laughs>
That's such a great. That is so awesome, isn't it, neat? <laughs> yeah. Yes, the fact that his skill. I mean, his his sense of smell and, and his. I mean, how the Lord is using an impairment that that is actually given him such a great gift. Yeah, the the and it is. He's and he's such a joyful young man. Um, such a boy. It's such a. How old boy. is he? He's twelve. He's twelve. He's twelve. Just turned twelve. He's twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've done nothing with my life. If he's done all this by 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys would probably be fast friends, actually, Gianna. Uh, before we get to this facing of these people who just were filled with hatred for you because you dared live, and then you spoke the name of Jesus twice. Talk to me about gifting. Um, the apostle Paul writes about the body of Christ, that, that the, the fingernail doesn't get to, you know, the, the heart doesn't get to say to the fingernail, you don't matter. And the finger doesn't get to say, I'm just a finger, right? That we all, all are part of the body of Christ. And when one part of the body of Christ hurts, we should all hurt, but we're all given gifts too, right? Some are gifted to be, um, you know, pastors or preachers, or, um, uh, 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 some are gifted to be leaders or elders or singers, or people are gifted in many different ways. Um, you have the gift of singing, which we'll get to in a second, which is something you shouldn't be able to do. Biologically, you should not be able to sing. Um, talk to me about gifting and how people, how would you advise people to come to know the gifts that, um, uh, that that God has given them in, in the majesty of the Lord Jesus. Uh, what was the last part in the in the majesty of the, in, in, the Lord yeah, Jesus? Yeah, in the majesty of Jesus, we've all been gifted. I mean, in the in the great gift of having Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we've all been gifted. So, how would you advise people to find the gifts that God has given them to steward, uh, and then to use those gifts? How, how do you find out the gifts God gave you? I think. Well, I'm an avid audio book <laughs> listener and anything by um, Chris Gillibo born for this um, is, is really inspiring. But I, I, and the reason I bring him up is because uh, I think we're kind of, uh, what's the word, a condition to just think of doing one thing in our lives. And that might be that we are meant to do one thing. That's fine. But most of us have several gifts that kind of get shoved down and are dormant for a really long time. So we've got to pay the bills or whatever it is. And I would just say, what comes most naturally to you when you're not under pressure mm. and you just love it? And how many of those things are there? Are there six? Are there three? Are there two? Are there one? You know, whatever. And really, I, I'm talking to Jesus about this all the time. I'm like, Lord, how do I do all that is in my brain? Because I have a gorgeous brain, and I also have unbelievable. I did a, I did a, uh, a, a test by Ed, Dr. Edward M. Hallowell on uh, ADHD, and I had 81 yeses on a questionnaire of out of a hundred. So I have like major ADD, which makes me very, very bright, but, um, I am not technical in the least. So this, this make, makes me crazy. And so I, I'm just saying that sometimes we're incredibly gifted and then we have to find the people who can help us in the places where we're not gifted. 
And, um, but I would just say what, what comes out of you. And then also, I've had to come to this. You know, I used to think, oh, my singing doesn't matter because nobody cares because they just care about my birth. And then they don't care about my birth. They don't care about anything or (laughs) whatever. People are fickle. And I finally was like, you know, God cares. And if this is never heard or never seen and I'm never heard from again, I still matter. My point being, the longer I live, the, the, I think the Lord is just working on the ego part of it and just go and listen. Wow. You Girl, think you have you an sing. ego problem? Yeah, I think we all do. You? If we're honest. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I want to be loved. I want to be adored just like the next person. Okay. But I, I want to be, I want to have a pure heart. I want to be, because I've also been used a lot in my life and I don't want to use other people to get to where I want to go. And I don't want to come to the end of my life and say, wow, I did this and I did that and I did this. And it was all really about me when actually I was pretending it was all about Jesus. When the whole time he's like, um, actually it's still all about you and you're just using my name. So I want to make sure that uh, I got the right motive. Yeah, boy, I've confused those things before. Uh, I've confused thinking I was witnessing for the Lord Jesus when in fact I was kind of bragging. And that turned out really badly. Oh, I've done so many dumb things too. Yeah. In that, in that <laughs> case, I paid a, I paid a insanely high cost. Well, and so did my family. So that's really wise. Um, you were, remind me where you were, you were traveling and folks, I, I, this is the thing that I, I want people to take away. We've, we've on the show. I mean, there's so much to take away from what we've talked with Gianna about here, but uh, we've talked about growing comfortable, being uncomfortable. Okay. So that we have to do this because of the world in which we find ourselves. We have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. We have to be the ones who are able to say, I dearly love you. And yes, I do believe that same sex marriage is sinful. Not because I want to, but because that's God's rule. And I believe that God gets to make the rules and I love you. That we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable saying to our family and friends, if you've decided that because I'm uninjected, I cannot come to your home, I will be deeply sad. I will miss you. Yeah. And I will not inject myself with a lie. And we are in- And I'm willing to lose my livelihood. Yeah. And, and then also to fall straight into the arms of Jesus. That I'm willing to say, I trust you. Right? I know you care for the, um, the sparrows and the lilies in the field, and I trust you. And I know you can still bring manna from heaven and live like we believe that we are citizens of the heavenly kingdom. Part of this is bravery and standing up. And you remind me where you were when you rose to speak and this crowd two times um, wouldn't even back down as you, as you spoke Christ's name. And, And then I want to talk about you decided to sing because I have some of your singing. I want people to hear. So I went with a dear friend, some some dear friends in 2018 to uh, to Brazil. And I'd never been to Brazil. And what was interesting is right before, there's a lot of spiritual warfare in Brazil. 
that is made visible that we don't see here. Um, and it, it's on a different level there. Uh, I think it is here. It's just, it just manifests differently there. Yeah. And just before I left, my friend said, hey, there's a woman who didn't know about the trip we were taking that has had a dream that's in Brazil. And, and you were in the dream and you had two friends with you and it was basically all three of us. And in the dream, uh, she said, every time, everywhere you went, I love this, there was a man behind you and he had his hands on your back and every time you went up the platform, he went up with you. And every time you came down, he was with you. And, and I knew when I heard that dream, it's okay. You go into Brazil, you will be kept safe. And so we, we show up. One day, thought I'm completely exhausted. I mean, if I'm tired today, this was next level exhausted. And, and right at that moment, I hear, Tomorrow you're going to go speak in the Congress. Now imagine just fighting one of the biggest battles of your life and you want to die and you want to cry and everything. And then you're told, be ready tomorrow morning because you're going to speak in the Congress in this foreign country. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so we show up and we're met by a Christian doctor, female, who says we're being met by sickness and feminist and then the few Christians <laughs> and I'm thinking oh yes love I'm so excited this is exactly what I want to do sure. being completely exhausted already I hate my life so I'm like Jesus please go with and I'm extremely honest with Jesus when I when I pray so we go in and my heart just starts pounding because these crazy people maniacs these women are pounding their fists on the desk and they're screaming like i've never heard they're shrieking and they're yelling and they and we we try to go up on the platform and we do but every time the pro-life people tried to say anything they would scream louder and pound louder and pound louder and all this to say that the guy next to me kept trying to talk he, he couldn't really get anywhere then it came to me and this lady is in red, and she's practicing voodoo. Are we running out of time? Do nope. I need to pause? Nope. Okay. Uh, she's practicing voodoo, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, right in front of us. And, I, and I'm going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And they keep pounding their fists on, like, anything I've ever seen and screaming so loud. And they won't let me talk. And I say, I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in his authority, and I will feet and they scream louder and it's no joke in my head I go what the heck Lord I said your name what do I do and then I said it again I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his authority and I will speak because again this is not against people this is Satan this was not a battle against flesh and blood and I knew it but my my heart was pounding. yeah they still went wild, and I'm going, Lord! And then it was this, sing, Gianna, sing, give me oh. Jesus, just as you did in Italy. I, I, I sing it a lot there. And um, and so I just calmly, but terrified too, just 
looked out at them and I said, you can shout, but I can sing. And when I began to sing, I've never seen anything like it in my life. These crazy people just went, I mean, it was just, they just stopped. I mean, they could not stand before the worship of the most high God and they could not reach me. And then I sang. You're listening to the voice of a woman who in the womb uh, was forced to inhale saline solution. Uh, She shouldn't be speaking with us. Now you are hearing right here the sounds of Gianna being received with applause in a church. And you will hear her sing, which is a biological impossibility. not supposed to be able to do that. You're not supposed to be able to do a bunch of things. You're not supposed to be able to have an intellect and you have an intellect and you're not, you you say that you are waiting for moments of happiness and yet you've delivered to me today, probably 20 moments of happiness. Um, to speak with you is happiness. Um, and I just, I pray that the Lord is going to provide you this comfort. You, 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 I feel you needed today. Um, and I'm going to continue to pray that. And wh- wh- how should people pray? I mean, the Lord Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. He's the boss on, on how to pray. But, Jonna, how do you pray? Oh. Sometimes I pray rote prayers because I can hardly pray. And so I just, I'm trying to get them out. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, I pray very conversationally. Uh, There's not much about me that is very religious, so to speak. It's just, here I am, you know, this is what I'm, this is what the deal is because I want to be, I want to be the friend of God. I want to really have his friendship. And I, so I try to be as honest as possible. And then I, I ask him for help. I mean, uh, the part of my brain that is injured is the sequential side. Um, and so sometimes I, I, I am very gifted with, with, uh, language and things like that, but I, I don't see certain steps in the process and it's very frustrating. And so, uh, I find that it's amazing how the Lord will sometimes speak to me all throughout my day. Hey, Hey G, uh, if you if you do this, this is the missing step. Wow. You can't. You're not processing. And I also work, by the way, uh, eight hours a week with a Navy veteran. We train physically, and part of that is to retrain the uh, pathways in the brain. So even just reorganizing something in the house where I can't see all the steps, I'm starting to see them 
more clearly. Um, but when you, I would just say, be honest with Jesus yes. about everything in your life. Yes. It's the quickest way to freedom yes. because I mean, he knows about it all anyway. Yeah. I was praying for something. This was a few months ago, John. I was praying for something and I was asking the Lord to make it stop. And he said, liar, you, you don't want this to stop. You're lying to me. How interesting. Uh, just tell me. He's, that you, he's you, a liar. That's yeah, actually funny. Yeah, he did. He's, you're lying. You don't want this to stop. Think of a better prayer, Todd. And I came back and said, Lord, help me put this in the right place. Right. Help me, help me, help hmm. me put this in the right place. He said, okay, I'll help you with that. Then it will stop. Then it will stop mattering. Um, because yeah, I know people aren't going to put things in prayer. Like they're going to hide it from God, but God sees it. Um, so you probably get this every time someone talks to you, but you're a gift and I feel a better person to know you. And I want you to promise Aww. that you will, um, energy, if, if the Lord provides you the energy and the Lord provides you the time that you might make your way out to the free mountains, uh, high mountains of free America, come and meet my wife and let me introduce you to some godly friends out here. Uh, you're in Idaho? Yeah. I've heard great things about Idaho. You would like Idaho and Idaho would love you. <laughs> California. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not a separate country and California is a separate like socialist country. So come and will you, will you, can we sometime oh, thank you. work out that you'll come and see us and maybe uh, we'll uh, work it out. We'll pay you some money to give a speech and enlighten people. Oh yeah, we can work something out <laughs> and I need some tech advice. Oh, I, so. <laughs> I gave that up long ago, John. I don't, I, I have no interest in tech anymore. I, I tossed that life. Uh, I'm new, I find tech now aggravating myself. So, um, I, the most I deal with is on the podcast. I, other than that, I've tossed it. I, I, years was tech CEO, but never a coder. So, all right, my friends, um, I love you as a, as a brother in Christ. And I know my wife is going to say, give me the video. Um, and we'll run the, uh, we're running the podcast. A few people are hearing this now. So I'll close as I always close with my guests, which is um, that I ask you to go with God's good grace. And yet I know you have God's good grace. So I'll just say this. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please share this episode. Just hit the share button on your podcast app. And as always, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful that you're part of the body of Christ. And you may be me, like I'm a small stubbed toe, but I help carry the foot. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> God bless you all. No way. <laughs> <laughs>